Welcome to Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee, a podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. TIPQC exists to improve health outcomes for mothers and infants in Tennessee through our quality collaborative that will identify opportunities to optimize maternal and infant outcomes across our state and is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. The Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee podcast is designed for medical professionals and for patients and families across the state. We will focus on all aspects of the perinatal period with special attention to reducing our maternal mortality rate. This podcast is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Welcome to this episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee. I'm your host, Amanda Nally. Today we sit down with Dr. Anna Murad, the TIPQC Infant Medical Director, and Tamara Curran with the Tennessee Chapter of March of Dimes. We'll discuss World Prematurity Day and the 2020 March of Dimes report card. We look at some areas that need improvement and some ways we can help. Let's jump right in. Good morning, Tamara. We are so pleased to have you here today to talk to us about the March of Dimes Prematurity Report Card. Um, So if you don't mind getting us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with March of Dimes? Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. I am currently the Director of Maternal Child Health and Government Affairs here for the March of Dimes in Tennessee. I've actually been here 13 years in a number of different roles, all related to the health of moms and babies, whether that be promoting educational opportunities or looking at legislation that can support the health of moms and babies. Those have always been integral to my role here at March of Dimes. My background is public health and moms and babies or women and children have always been a part of some of the employment opportunities that I've taken a part of. So always a special interest for me in terms of women's health, even back into uh, my educational days. Those were always the topics I chose for projects and things of that nature. So, you know, ingrained in me, so to speak, the health of moms and babies. So the March of Dimes has been a perfect fit in that way. Can you tell us a little bit about how the prematurity report card got started, when it traditionally comes out, those types of things? The prematurity report card was first launched in 2008 as a way to promote our prematurity campaign. Our prematurity campaign was launched in 2003. And basically the goals of that campaign were to lower the number of babies born preterm and to increase awareness of the problem of prematurity. So the report card was a way to bring awareness and highlight the problem of prematurity, begin some of those discussions about, at that point, really just a grade. Where do we all stand in the U.S.? Where do our states stand in in terms of their problem with prematurity? So that was the beginning over the most recent years that report card has evolved and now includes mom initiatives or mom issues that we need to take a look at. So moving from being the premature birth report card into the report card, the March of Dimes report card is where we stand for the last two years so that we can really look at how moms and babies are interconnected, not only looking at that preterm birth rate, but with our new interest, I feel, in maternal outcomes, which is you know, very important to understanding 
what's happening with mom so that we can understand what happens with baby because those two are interconnected. Right. The dyad. Yes. It's very important. So tell us a little bit about where the data for the report card comes from. The majority of the data comes from National Center for Health Statistics. There are a few measures in the 2020 report card that come from HHS around C-section rates. Um, So some of that data comes from there. But most of our data is from the National Center for Health Statistics because we wait for confirmed data. There is no preliminary data that's utilized in the report card. And the time frame that this report card would be looking at would be what year? The 2020 report card would look at the prior year final data from the National Center for Health Statistics. So we, the report card would reflect 2019 data. Gotcha. So tell us a little bit about how the Tennessee data looked this year, how we compared with other places. Great. I'll start with the U.S. This year, our U.S. receives a grade of C minus, which is down from a grade of C last year. 10.2% of the babies born in the U.S., are born preterm, and that's nearly 400,000 babies each year. And looking at Tennessee, our grade did go down slightly this year as well. Last year, we received a grade of D with 11.1% of our babies being born preterm. This year, we received a D minus for 11.2% of our babies being born preterm. So just a slight difference in um, our percentage or our rate but our grade is slightly different as well. Um, Last year, adding the pluses and minuses for the grades was a new addition to the report card, just so we could show some incremental progress. Unfortunately, this year for Tennessee, it took us in the direction we would not prefer. Gotcha. On previous report cards, I know that there are some action items Um, that come out of those report cards. What are some of the action items from previous years and what are some of our successes? What are some things we're still working on? Yes, um, we were really proud of the policy actions that were outlined with our report card last year. We can expect some of the similar policy recommendations this year as well. I think some of the ways that Tennessee is doing better than some other states are around our maternal mortality review. And the data that is collected, I think our state's Maternal Mortality Review Committee does an excellent job with providing the case studies and, you know, what our outcomes are, what our opportunities are to make some intervention. And even the task force that is charged with implementing those recommendations. So our state is really seeing some some strides in that regard because not all states have a maternal mortality review committee. And so we're ahead of the game in that regard. I will say one of the, the things that we've been looking at in thinking about the mom and baby and that interconnectedness where, you know, once the baby's born and the six-week appointment, you know, we, we know the postpartum period doesn't end there. So connecting the dots between what our maternal mortality review committee tells us and what we're seeing nationally, one of the recommendations was to extend postpartum coverage for moms from 60 days to at least one year. And we've made some strides here in Tennessee where um, our governor had proposed a three-year pilot to cover women for one year postpartum. 
Um, unfortunately, some of the things that have happened for us around, you know, here in Tennessee, specifically with tornadoes and with COVID-19 required those dollars to be directed differently. But we're pleased that our governor has taken notice that this is a way to help moms to be healthier. And so we hope that that's something that will come back to the forefront um, when we, you know, have those discussions and, and dollars are available to allocate. I mean, for sure, I think that's a great first step, just acknowledging that that's the need, right? Absolutely. Invest those dollars, you're, it's going to be cost savings in the long run, and it's going to save lives. Yes. Um, so I think a really important thing to point out. Can you talk a little bit about specific areas of Tennessee that maybe have more issues with prematurity than others and talk a little bit about the health disparities that we see? Yes. For Tennessee, there are, with our report card, we do provide grades for certain counties. And um, those would be most of our, um, you know, major metropolis cities. Um, just to highlight those that are um, in most need um, in Tennessee, um, Shelby County, the Memphis area, and Rutherford County, um, Murfreesboro, Smyrna area, have received grades of F on the report card. So there are, there are more opportunities, um, more needs in those areas. And then the other cities that are highlighted on our report card, um, the highest grade is um, a D plus this year. Um, in counties like Davidson County. My follow-up on that, my tag on that was going to be to ask what the March of Dimes feels like or specific actions we can do in those areas. There is some opportunity. I think that is one thing I, I like about our report card, that you don't just get a state grade, which is how the report card began, but now we can highlight certain counties or cities that highlight the grade for those cities so we can see where we stand and really hone in on some action initiatives and activity in those areas to really combat. For the Shelby County area, I think the outcomes there have been trending for a while in this direction. You know, pretty poor outcomes for premature birth for several years. Rutherford County is kind of new to the party, so to speak. In Shelby County, we do invest some resources there in programs like our NICU Family Support, which is at Regional One Hospital in Memphis. And that program is designed to support families who have a child in the NICU. And so it's not only education and support for that experience, but there's also an opportunity to develop a rapport, so to speak, and provide information for families about in that interconception period. So if there are things that might have arisen during this particular pregnancy, and there is a need for some information that could help in the subsequent pregnancy, I think that impacts these outcomes as well. We also have um, a program called Supportive Pregnancy Care, which is a group prenatal care program that March of Dimes piloted here in Tennessee in 2016. We know that group prenatal care in general is a good model to improve outcomes for moms and babies. And so Supportive Pregnancy Care is the March of Dimes Group Prenatal Care Program. And we have several sites in Memphis that are uh, meeting with some women who are considered high risk, where they meet as a group, as you know, and not only receive that education that will help support their pregnancy, receive the health care they need, but they also are able to develop that support network where 
you know, I can get advice from those in my community where I may not trust, you know, the opinion of um, a healthcare provider all the time, but sometimes hearing from my peers, it comes a little bit differently. You know, peers may also bring that information with a little bit of realness that might be necessary, you know, where whether it's you should stop smoking or, you know, we've got this community garden over here, you know, even when we can't get what we need from our local grocery store. So really just kind of networking and sharing some of those resources um, and developing that support network. So those are two programs that I feel like can make a difference to improve those outcomes. Um, And that's something that we've been doing over the past several years in the Memphis area. Well, and I think just being really deliberate about addressing those areas is is just incredibly helpful um, as we try to make improvements. So I know that World Prematurity Day is coming up. So can you tell us a little bit about that and tell us maybe what some March of Dimes um, activities that you all have planned? Yes. Um, World Prematurity Day is November 17th every year. And uh, it's an added opportunity, again, to raise awareness, which is a part of our prematurity campaign goals. And this year, um, as in previous years, the social media presence is a big part of World Prematurity Day. So if you're following March of Dimes on social media channels or even March of Dimes Tennessee, you'll see opportunities to share information. Also, you know, turn your social media page purple. Um, Different activities that folks can engage in um, on that day. There's also opportunity for people to, to decide where they fit in. So is it, you know, social media presence? Is it taking action if there is some type of legislation that is moving in Congress specifically that, you know, you can lend your voice to by reaching from your state to your U.S. congressional member? We will have a congressional briefing on World Prematurity Day this year announcing the report card and calling on Congress to really take some action to improve these outcomes that we're seeing with our outcomes for moms and babies. There will be an opportunity to tune in for that. So look for those details on social media channels as well. And then, of course, if you know your affinity is to donate or to fundraise, there are some do-it-yourself opportunities that will be available as well to support on World Prematurity Day and during Prematurity Awareness Month, if that's how you like to be creative um, and support. Um, We've also had, you know, hospital staff over the years who might turn their nursery purple, you know, where everyone wears purple scrubs or, you know, purple t-shirts and takes photos and posts those things just to show that, you know, they're supporting Prematurity Awareness Month and World Prematurity Day. But I would say for providers, for those who are on the front lines caring for moms and babies all the time, another way to support is to keep doing what you're doing, you know, supporting moms and babies well and providing what they need um, during these critical times. Yeah, I think that's so important. I hope everybody can find a way to celebrate and to make awareness on World Prematurity Day. So if you had sort of the moonshot goal, your best case scenario of what you would want done or what we can do to decrease rates of prematurity and support moms and babies, what are some of the things you would do? 
I won't limit you to one. You can have a big moon. I appreciate that. Yeah, because um, I think there's not one moonshot goal for sure, especially with prematurity. We know, and some of the outcomes for moms, we know that there's not one fix. So I would say moonshot goal would be everyone has what they need because the list of things for me, for you is going to be different. You know, I think of the image in my head is um, just around some of the inequities in health where, you know, we've all seen that photo of, you know, the kids outside of the ballpark and you give them all one box, but everyone still can't see over the fence. So somebody needs two or three boxes um, in order to get to a level playing field. So I think, you know, everyone having what they need, whether that be um, no bias when they go into a healthcare facility or access to a safe environment, you know, where there's no violence, there's no air pollution, having access to jobs that pay well. So some of the worries are not there um, that create some of that toxic stress that moms experience and um, lead to poor birth outcomes. So I think if, you know, everybody could have what they need, then we could level the playing field much easier. I think that's very true. Um, I'm going to ask you a little bit of an unfair question. In this time of COVID, what do you anticipate being the impact on our moms and babies and sort of looking forward to next year's report card? What do you think? I'm not sure. I think um, there is certainly a lot of unknowns about COVID, this new experience that we're in with the pandemic. Um, Lots of unknowns about what the impact is going to be in general. But there are some early studies that have come out that are linking COVID infection in pregnant women to preterm birth. So that could play a role. But I'm not sure that the number of pregnancies are increasing. So I think we'll have to wait to see how that will impact. But I do think, you know, COVID-19 in the conversation around pregnant women is going to be something that we continue to talk about um, as we move into next year. For sure. I think we've had a lot of access issues and and things like that that may end up playing a role in some of this too. I think it's going to be interesting to see. What else would you like for our listeners to know? What have I missed? I would just say for the report card, you know, look for the report card. Feel free to reach out to March of Dimes for questions about some of the context of the report card. Again, it is, you know, a lot of preterm birth and then some maternal outcomes. We look at social determinants of health and how that impacts moms and babies. Um, Some of the disparities that exist in preterm birth um, with, you know, Black women being, you know, over 40 percent more likely to have a preterm birth than other ethnic groups. So those are some of the things that will be highlighted in the report card. We've even got a little clever QR code that you can just scan to pull the report card up on your device. But I would, you know, just encourage folks to find ways to get involved. I mean, there is a lot of uh, work going on to really make an impact. And so if folks are looking for a way to be involved uh, and March of Dimes is where they choose, there are a lot of different channels um, of how to get involved um, to really find the ways to end this health equity gap that is really impacting these outcomes that moms and babies are seeing. 
So do you want to, before we stop this um, conversation, do you want to talk a little bit about the educational offerings from March of Dimes and some of the ways that you all support hospital teams and nurses? Yes, absolutely. March of Dimes does have some national products that um, we promote here in the state to improve these outcomes. For example, our implicit bias training that has been created specifically for maternal health care providers is something that has been um, utilized across the the country. We know that uh, we all have implicit biases where, you know, they're ingrained in us from the beginning of our lives. Those experiences that we all face, they may be different, but we all have the biases. And so for moms who are seeking healthcare, and ideally we want them to access healthcare before they're pregnant to be healthy. Um, one example I sometimes use is, you know, women who may be overweight or obese, you know, entering um, a healthcare facility prior to pregnancy, maybe to be healthy as they're preparing for pregnancy to get some of those baselines, address any concerns that may be there, that you may face some of those biases as you enter. Or a woman um, who comes in with a number of children. There may be some bias that she receives that deters her or the woman who may consider herself overweight or obese um, not to go back for care. And we know that impacts outcomes. So just this training just allows um, an opportunity to unpack some of that bias, understanding where it comes from, um, what can be done in healthcare facilities to change that. So we're really proud of that uh, training. It comes in a, a live Zoom format, um, is what live is these days, and um, also an e-learning format where individuals can log in to train, take the training um, on their own time. Um, we also have a number of educational topics that address um, everything from NICU concerns down to um, newborn concerns and how providers can care for moms and babies better. Um, so those are some of the offerings that that we have available for you know professionals that include um, nursing education credits as well. So uh, we're really proud of our professional education package and would encourage those to, to log on if you are looking for um, an opportunity for yourself individually or even for your facility. We are able to to help with that. And just log on to your website and it's accessible there? Yes. Wonderful. And talk a little bit, if you would, about your patient education offerings. I know you have some push education that has um, started and it's been really well received. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? We do have some um, patient education um, or consumer education products that we have available in print form, which are created on a fifth to seventh grade reading level. Um, Many of them are award-winning titles that cover topics before, during, and between pregnancies, even some offerings for dads, you know, things to consider um, in preparing for pregnancy and supporting a partner. Um, We also have some apps. One um, app that we're really proud of is our um, NICU baby app, where families can log on to, we know the NICU experience can be, a hospital experience in general can be frightening but especially an experience in the NICU where babies are, you know, on all types of monitors and tubing um, can be a really frightening experience for families who 
are preparing for a different outcome to um, have to spend time in the NICU. So the app has, you know, things such as familiar terms in the NICU. We know medical terms are a lot of big words that most folks don't understand. But even when you may not have an opportunity to ask a question, just reading on your own what to expect in the NICU experience, and even up to bringing your baby home. Um, Those things are available for free in um, the NICU baby app on Android or iPhone products. On the NICU app, families can also connect with one another. So it's a built-in opportunity for some support. If you are having one particular experience with your baby, you know, maybe there are others across the country that you can connect with that have had a similar experience to gain some support in that way. That's so important. I'm so excited to hear about that because my my first baby was born at 30 weeks. She's Mm -hmm. now eight years old. But, you know, back in 2012, I would have loved to have something like that to Mm -hmm. help us get through it. So I'm so happy that that's an option now. Right, right at your fingertips. Um, You know, families really seem to enjoy um, using that app. I mean, the NICU is, you know, I had a 35 weeker and the NICU is scary. And I knew it was, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I knew the things, but, you know, she had her UAC and her UBC and, you know, they've got all these lines and they won't let you hold them. And yeah, it's scary. Yep. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk a little bit about the legislative work either nationally or here in Tennessee and things you would see as priorities? Yes. The policy arena is a key way to really change some of these outcomes in a more broad way. So there are things that um, our national team works on in Congress. There have been some great successes recently with maternal mortality and really bringing attention to the problem of maternal mortality on the the national level. Also here in our state, um, we have a strong group of advocates that support our work um, legislatively. Some of the things that are traditionally in our legislative package here in Tennessee would include things like our regional perinatal centers that um, provide some of the highest risk care and newborn transport, newborn resuscitation, and even training on the maternal and the newborn side in our state. Those are critical services for moms and babies, and um, as well as home visitation services. The funding for those home visitation programs is essential for our state. Um, One of the reports that March of Dimes releases for the past couple of years has been our uh, maternal care desert report and highlighting where there are pockets in every state that don't have an OB provider and how that impacts maternal health outcomes. And here in Tennessee, we have about 35 of those counties that don't have an OB provider. And so programs like our regional perinatal centers or our home visitation programs help us fill those gaps so that women and children are not completely without services, that in those counties, they're able to um, still get some care or to be transported to the closest regional perinatal center or have a home visitor um, visit them in the home who can see things and answer questions. We know that helps fill the gaps. Um, as well as our recent passage um, here in Tennessee of telehealth legislation. Really thankful for our legislators seeing the importance of telehealth and really paying insurance companies an equivalent fee for virtual 
or for in-person visits um, is essential. So those are the types of things. Every year, the, the legislative platform for us is different. But those are some of the staples. And again, those maternal care deserts are, you know, areas we really need to feel to improve some of these birth outcomes. And those are some ways that people can get involved to help support March of Dimes is to go and, and be part of that advocacy group with you um, and really be supporting of your of your platform. I think those are, are ways to get involved for sure. Thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you would like to add before we close up? I just want to thank you for inviting us to share about the report card. Um, We really feel it's an essential tool for other agencies to look at as they're making plans for how they can intervene or what work needs to be done. Um, We just really look at it as a tool to highlight where we stand and really to take action from there. And as we talked about um, some of the policy recommendations, you know, we even outlined what could make a difference. And I just want to thank TIPQC for always being a great partner with the March of Dimes. We've done some amazing things over the years um, side by side. Um, and so look forward to continuing that partnership in the years to come. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee presented by TIPQC. TIPQC is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Do you have ideas for a future guest or topic or even have a question you would like answered on upcoming episodes? Visit www.tipqc.org, that's T-I-P-Q-C.org, and click on podcast to submit suggestions and questions to our podcast team. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to be the first to know when new episodes are available and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to stay in the loop with our active projects and other relevant news relating to perinatal health in Tennessee.